3: Produced with podcasting gear from TASCAM. Trust your audio to TASCAM. Sound thinking.
4: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention.
0: Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent, we need a response team. We're already
4: putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. Oh, yeah.
1: Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're
0: a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric.
4: What a bunch of losers. I am
0: Groot. That I did
1: know.
4: These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... Can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you.
1: I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen. Online and ready.
4: And welcome to another episode of, no, oh, Issue. Sorry, we have Issues here, as you're still muted, I think, Eric.
0: Well, I tried not to talk over the intro credits, oh, okay. because, you know, you're just such a wonderful work of audio art. It
4: is. I wonder who put that together.
0: Um, it's a team effort. So, yes, Yes, teamwork Um, makes the dream work.
4: It's quite a production. And that voice there is uh, some perception. Wait, wait, no. One of the founders of Perception. So tonight is the intrepid trio meets the founders of Perception. If you're wondering what Perception is, Perception is a visual effects company, and they've worked on Iron Man 2, uh, I had the list up. Of course, i exit the window. And I can't get to it. Uh, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man and Wasp, mm-hmm. Black Panther, Spider-Man, Far From, Ho- Far From Home, <laughs> the other one, go about a whole other movie, uh, Thor Ragnarok, two of my personal favorites, Captain America, Civil War, Captain America Winter Soldier The Avengers Thor The Dark World and, and a few others outside of the MCU and we have it's Danny and Jeremy from Perception how's everyone doing?
2: good how great. you doing? thanks for having us
4: it's our pleasure thanks for reaching out to us in email um, yeah it was a great surprise great great boost To oh, okay yeah great boost to usually, our
2: usually you could just say all, just about every Marvel film since Iron Man 2 that makes it easy so you don't have to list them all okay <laughs> (laughs) I like deal with that. No, it's a a pretty long list now.
0: Yeah. And we love behind the scenes stuff and, you know, special effects stuff anyway. Well, so
4: I I live behind the scenes in the, in the industry as well. So for me, it's a, it's a big boost knowing how the behind the scenes scene stuff is done.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, well, a lot of people think that, you know, working on movies is like the best thing, uh, since uh, cheesecake factory, but it's, uh, it's, uh, quite the opposite. Well, I mean, it's fun, but uh, the pressure and the intense timelines and everything else is, uh, Oh, yeah, crazy, which I'm sure you you have to do as well at at work. Uh, Um, So it gets it gets stressful. Yeah, we're we're getting
4: we're getting ready to go through some of that intense timeline and pressure and stress since they announced for Epcot. Yes, we're going to go ahead and continue on with Candlelight Processional this year. We're like, say what? (laughs) This is something that should have been started and now a few months ago not now uh so how did perception come around uh, how'd y'all how y'all get started with perception
2: you want to take that one jeremy you always like to uh sure i'll start it off um well first off i'll say we're about to uh celebrate our 20th anniversary oh, in congrats. november which i guess is in a couple of weeks november 15th to be exact
1: oh congrats was, uh
2: the, the date we were founded 2001 um which was uh right after 9-11 so it's definitely a, a tough time to start a a business, especially in New York City at the time, which was uh, you know pretty scary and chaotic and uncertain. Um, Danny and I have been working together uh, even be- before that. Though we met at a uh, legendary visual effects studio, design studio in New York City, uh, known as R. Greenberg Associates or RGA, oh, as, okay. it's, as it's commonly okay. known. Yeah. Um, and and RGA, when the two of us were there, was a was a very different place. Today, it's a uh, it's a it's an international uh, digital agency in several countries and many many cities around uh, the U.S. Um, But when we were there, it was 100 people. And we were really all focused on uh, animation and visual effects for television and film titles. Film titles was what RGA originally uh, made its name in. They did the title sequence just to take you guys way back. Uh, in 1978 for the very first Superman film Christopher uh, B, yes. Richard. oh man Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the titles that go flying at the camera you know that was all done optically you know, very very groundbreaking for its time I I still love the title sequence you know even uh, 40 plus years later
0: oh yeah it's sounds um, really well
2: it, it is but
4: definitely in my top five of title sequences uh, yeah I actually I put a, it at number two number one's yeah, Star Wars I'm with
2: you I'm with you so the, the studio that designed that uh, was the very same studio that Danny and I started our careers at. And RGA did title sequences all through the 80s and 90s, from Alien to Untouchables. Uh, they literally did hundreds and hundreds of titles. So that was a place that I was drawn to as a design student coming out of college because that's a field I really wanted to get into. Danny had already started there uh, in visual effects and we worked there together for uh, five, five and a half years. Um, The RGA business model kind of shifted around that time, around 2000. Um, Long story short, the two of us uh, left um, and started Perception right around then because technology had advanced to such a point uh, at that period where we were able to create high-end visual effects and animation and editing on desktop computers, which previously was impossible. Right. Uh, RGA's mm-hmm. equipment was uh, six figures and these, you know, editing and, and finishing suites were very high-end, uh, nothing, you know, someone could afford uh, individually. It was always part of a, a, a company, but Final Cut and After Effects and, and all sorts of other Ah, uh, digital tools were really advancing, um, and the Mac was getting more and more powerful that we decided, you know what? We can get a uh, a couple of. Uh uh, Aqua G3s at the time, and and uh, the right software, the right plugins, uh, and we have a lot of really good knowledge and tips and tricks. And I think we can create visual effects and um, and animation and what's now known as motion graphics on desktop computers for New York City ad agencies and broadcast networks. And maybe one day we'll even break into movies. So we started in uh, in the fall of '01. Uh, it took a very long time to start getting actually paid projects. But uh, a lot of perseverance and tenacity. You know, the two of us are Native New Yorkers, Danny's Queens, I'm Brooklyn. So there's a real never-say-die attitude. We, we just uh, it's we like pushed It's like Spider-Man and, and Captain America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we pushed and pushed and, you know, finally started getting projects uh, probably four to six months in. Um, and and uh, never really slowed down. You know, we just kept building and building. Um, the first ten years of perception, we pretty much were focused on television work. All of our clients were big broadcast networks like HBO and ESPN, Showtime, ABC, NBC. You name the network, we we did work with them, and it was really like show packages, broadcast graphics. You know, we do a lot of stuff with sports networks, um, a lot of on-air campaigns. We did a lot of live-action shooting and editing, and. Pretty much whatever these clients needed, we figured out a way to do it. And we also got involved in in, in, uh, commercial work as well with ad agencies in New York and also around the country. But early on, you know, the dream was, as I mentioned, to get into films as we were doing at RGA. You know, film titles was something that... I was very passionate about. Danny was really interested in too. Um, and it just so happens that at the time we were born, the Marvel, uh, cinematic universe, not the, not the MCU as we know now, but the first big budget, serious Marvel films had come out. Of course, 2000 was X-Men. Uh, 2002 was the first Spider-Man movie. And you know, you guys are Marvel fanatics. We never had Marvel movies in the eighties and nineties. We didn't have the (sighs) Batman supermans. We had, we had B movies and movies that went straight to video. And you know, I, I remember a Fantastic Four movie that was kind of like underground. I remember there was a Captain America movie that with like Matt Salinger or something that never yep, went anywhere. Yep, there, and like all these yep. weird- It's like a cardboard Marvel shield. Weird stuff. You know, and I grew up as a Marvel Comics reader and I kept like, man, when are they going to make a Marvel movie for real? Like who would play who? And you know, you, you fantasize as kids as, See. what characters would be played by which, you know, celebrity. And then when we were born, all of a sudden, Marvel's making real movies now. What the hell? And of course- I'm a Hulk fanatic. And when we started, Ang Lee was in pre-production on his Hulk disaster, which if you guys want to talk about <laughs> film of all time, we can go there. No holds Bar. <laughs> but say what you mean, Jeremy. But uh-huh. what that did was that ignited us. There's a Hulk movie coming out. Oh my, we gotta get involved in this somehow. Like we have to, we have to introduce ourselves to the team doing it. Wouldn't be incredible to do a title sequence for it. And of course, the Spider-Man sequel is in pre-production, X-Men sequels. Right. And those were just, you know, that once they started, they never stopped. We had, you know, no one saw in two thousand one, uh, you know, Iron Man and Iron Man Avengers. That was, you know, not even a, a, a glimmer at that point. But it didn't right. matter because we were we were all aboard with the with the X Men and Spider Man and Hulk films that were already uh, on deck. So that began a you know very long uh, crusade. Uh, to try to figure out a way to get Marvel to uh, notice us. And uh, that took a very long time. Uh, and there was a lot of failures and a lot of doors in our faces and, you know, phones uh, hung up on us. But it ultimately, uh, the big breakthrough was Iron Man 2 in 2009. And the, I mean, there was a lot of steps to get there, which we can talk about. But that really was where everything changed for us.
4: That sounds like an awesome journey. It, it's so cool. But I got to say, there was a great Marvel film that came out in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Oh, here okay. we go. Here we go. It was done by George Lucas. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck.
2: All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and we could also talk about Blade. Blade was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it Blade was, came uh, out in the so, 90s. So. Yeah. Blade was yeah, good. I mean, that, that, I, I, I overlooked that. But, you know, just as far as like a really big budget blockbuster, like these were the first time that Marvel yeah, yeah, really, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. hit it. Yeah.
5: Well, I mean, because Blake kind of snuck in there because people... You know, if you weren't a comic reader, it was uh, just a vampire movie because vampires were hot then. Yeah, and I'm like, do people realize what's going on here? Yeah,
1: but
4: I, I know. Did, even when Blade first came out, you know, saying based on Marvel comics, I'm like, I did not catch that it was a Marvel character. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, uh, he had shown up in um, the Spider-Man
3: series at that
4: point. Yeah, so first film Iron Man 2 y'all did what with Iron Man 2?
3: So um, so it started off uh, so this goes back a little bit uh, from what uh, Jeremy was talking about you know we finally cracked the nut after uh, getting a lot of uh, doors shut in our faces and you know um, phone calls being hung up on um, we had something to show and we just called Marvel at the time and said uh, we'd love to come down and show you some thoughts we have for some movies, title sequences, whatever it may be. So uh they said, All right, do you have time to come by tomorrow? And we're still in New York. So I'm like, Yeah, we're we're actually in LA. We'll be there tomorrow morning. So that night we <laughs> hopped on a plane. <laughs> um, showed up at their at their doorstep, you know, showed them some work. But the the person that we actually uh showed work to was uh someone named Jeremy Latcham. A lot of Jeremy's in my world, just so you know. <laughs> um, but uh Jeremy Latrim from Marvel, uh he's no longer there. Um, but he was gracious enough to take uh, take a meeting with us, look at our stuff. He liked our work, he loved our passion. Um but that led to when Iron Man two came out, he was on um, on on the Marvel team for that film. And when they asked him if he knew a company that could do something cool on the big uh, 80-foot screen behind Tony Stark at the at the uh, Stark Expo when he kind of introduces his dad, Howard. Uh, he said, yeah, I know this company. They do this, uh, it's like a broadcast package. They do it all the time. It's called Perception okay. in New York. And boom, we got the call. And when we got the call, we did, you know, when we when we work on a project, uh, we're pretty psychotic, especially when it comes to the Marvel stuff. It's, uh, you know, we don't just show up with like two ideas. We, we, we show up with a lot of ideas, but a lot of those ideas also have real meaning to it. We always try to add something to the character that's in that film. You know, it's not just a, a cool interface. It's got to be a cool interface with some sort of personality attached to it that reflects that character, right? So... Um, we created these designs for the, for the big, huge uh, wall. Uh, John Favreau wanted it to be um, on the actual screen. He didn't want to do it in camera. He wasn't a big fan of, like, you know, visual effects. He, or he's a fan of them, but he liked to do a lot of stuff in camera at the time.
4: He, he, want, he wants practicals.
3: Exactly. So, um, so we did it, you know, we showed them a bunch of designs, we did it, it worked, you know, they, we delivered it, uh, on time. And, uh, one of the calls we had though, they brought up the fact that one of our designs looked like the piece of glass that Robert Downey Jr. is walking around with mimicking, you know, some phone gestures on. So, you know, it was kind of like casual for them, but Jeremy and I were on the call and we were just like, what, what'd they just say?
2: So, you it's know, like the record skipped.
3: Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know. You can't you can't get too much uh, too too much buy uh, to Marvel fanatics both from New York. So we were just like, okay, we hung up the phone, and we're like, we're gonna design the phone. Well, we hung up the regular phone, and now we're gonna design <laughs> the uh, the Tony Stark phone uh, and send it to them. I mean, what side to lose, right? The worst I could say is no. So this was uh, obviously this was after we did the uh, the Stark Expo uh, screen and um, we spent a week and I think the call was on like a Thursday. We spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday designing this thing, animating it, building some cool 3D and then sending it off to him maybe that Monday. And uh, we sent it off and we just so like jacked up. It was like, man, this is great. We're going to, you know, we're going to show it to them. They're going to love it. And then we're going to get more work. And we didn't hear from them. For like three months, and we were like, oh, I guess that's it. They just wanted us to do the Stark expo sign, and that's it. Uh, Then all of a sudden, we get a call, and they're like, hey, we loved your test. Sorry, we've been busy putting a movie together, but now it's time to start thinking about designs for it and stuff like that. And then slowly, you know, we started with the phone, and then they were like, hey, the phone kind of reflects what's going on in this smart glass table can you guys design stuff for that and we're like sure and then the smart mirror and then his smart TV screens and then boom all of a sudden from like you know five shots that we started with balloon to like over 125 shots for the film and we created Tony Stark's uh, digital universe which basically everybody knows as uh, um, Jarvis
0: so what was the point where you looked at each other and go holy crap we're, we're actually we're actually being a big part of the MCU at this point
2: What was the moment? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that uh, that first film, that's for sure. I mean, that that was, um, you know, that that at the time felt like a once in a lifetime uh, uh, uh moment for us, and it was such an honor. And you know, we 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 almost felt like we weren't even worthy of of it, because we we were designing so many uh, pieces of that movie, it just kept snowballing. And every time they asked if we could help with something else, we'd always say yes. And you know, we just kept saying, bring it on. And you know, at the end of the the production, we were one of the the busiest vendors on the whole film I, I remember being out there with danny once during the production and it was like a whiteboard of all the vfx companies that were engaged on iron man 2 like in order of how many shots they had and we were like second or third uh. which was crazy i mean when this is coming from uh really never having worked on a on a on a big film like this we had done some smaller films and some independent stuff but this is you know a whole other level Um, So after that film, I I think the next one we worked on was the first Avengers. um, And it was a very small little piece. Uh, We did a couple things actually in it. We did... um, a scene that was deleted where Steve is walking uh through Manhattan and he goes past a window and it's it was like an it was basically an Acura ad. It was an Acura, I think it was an RDX uh SUV in the window, like on a on a turntable and the gla- it's on the deleted scenes on the DVD. You guys have those DVDs. Yeah, um our, and it says like a car of the, ca- Yeah, I think it's on our YouTube channel. It says uh, car of the future on the glass, and we designed those graphics. But we also did um some cockpit stuff and the Loki energy signature uh in the Quinjet. Very small. Nothing is as, uh, as um, substantial as Iron Man 2, but again, just the fact that they called us and we were still in the conversation, you know, amazing. And then uh, I think Thor 2, we worked on next. We did a little bit more on that. We got to do a lot of uh, Jane Foster's gadgets and her tech. Um, I don't have my timeline in front of me, but the the, the first film we did the, um, the titles for, which for me, it was like the one of the you know biggest moments and milestones in my career because that was what we were you know striving for since the beginning was to do a title sequence. I mean, the the tech work was incredible, and I I think it's just as good and just as exciting, believe me. Um, but the first film we did the titles for was Avengers: Age of Ultron, and that was like a whole new level. Now we were being trusted with two minutes at the end of this movie, um, you know, which is a huge, huge yeah. deal for Marvel, you know, to give that. Uh, to give that project to, to anybody, to any studio. And we, we did that one. And I think we've done uh, 15 or 16 titles since, I mean, if you count all the Disney plus shows it's a long list of titles and it's a, it's an amazing feeling to look back and, and see all the, you know, the great sequences that we've got to work on. Um, so I, I do not I can't really, we, sorry. No, I was, I
3: was just going to say, uh, I don't think we had time to sit there and say, Holy crap, you know, we're, we're working on this because uh, when they start throwing shots at you like between download times, you got to remember, this is like, I don't know, we were downloading it on like uh, a little bit better than a 56K modems. I, I felt like <laughs> it was downloading so slow, but um, but you just don't have time. Like you can't even like uh, stop to smell the roses, so to speak, because it's just so much work to do. And you got to remember, it's, you know, it's a two of us. You know, we, we had a couple of people uh, helping us, but. You know, figuring out, you know, the the resolutions and the color correction. And there were just so many details. And, of course, you know, we didn't want to mess it up because we knew, you know, we mess up one or two things that, you know, they're not going to have the patience for it. Yeah,
2: yeah right. no it's pressure. There. No pressure.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a point uh, towards the end of the film. I don't. I think Jeremy and I like slept at the studio for about a week. Yeah, we I mean, you know,
2: on. even now, uh, I, 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 we never take it for granted. You know, we never assume that we're gonna always be the call that they that they make when they need certain things. I mean, it's 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 amazing uh, that they've, they've they've used us for as much as they have, and we're we're honored, and I hope it never ends. But yeah, we never take it for granted, and we never just assume. Um, so we treat each. Each and every opportunity with them, like it's our first.
5: So, um okay. So I understand that, like, you no, know, while you're in it, you're, and you're, you're, you're doing the job. So you're not really, you're, you're just, you're, you're in work mode at that point. Mm-hmm. But has, what about when you see it on the big screen? I mean, do, does it hit you
3: then? Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good that's, point. I mean, everybody like burns out and, you know, burns the midnight oil, so to speak, when we're working on these things. And then towards the end, we're like, whenever, gonna do any of these anymore because it's just too stressful and and then we go see it and we see our you know watch the movie we get excited although you never want to see a movie with our team because it's like the shadows are no, the, the comping's all wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the, the sky is not, you know, parallaxing the way it should be. What's going on?
2: You know, it's like it's there, there's moments, though, that, uh, you know, I, I've seen our work on the screen and I, I actually get really emotional. I almost start crying, like specifically like big moments like the end game titles at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a huge uh Thing for us to have done uh, to to put this punctuation mark on you know this uh, phase of the MCU and Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, you know curtain call like we we designed that and audiences went nuts around the world. But another moment that really, you know, blew my mind was designing the Marvel Studios logo, which we did in 2016. That was when they ch- they changed the opening, you know, logo animation. It was Doctor Strange was the first film that it was on.
4: It, that's what inspired the change to our show logo as well, to the
2: And that's I mean, because again, of you guys. What an honor. What an honor to be the team to do that, right? And and now like, you know, that's so iconic and, you know, audiences see, you know, the first few frames of it, they know exactly what's coming. And it's just, uh, yeah. yeah, that really, that really hit home for me. Well, seeing that wow. the first time and then, you know, changing it for every film. And then we did a Stan Lee version and Yeah. yeah. Version, oh,
3: and Stan
5: Lee. One, did Michael, you, do the, you did the, uh, the Black Panther one too, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my
3: God. We do all of them. Yeah.
5: Man, the first time, well, okay. The Stan Lee one and, and, uh, the Black Panther one, that just hit me in the fields. Cause yeah. you didn't, I didn't expect it, you know? And yeah. I'm why I'm like,
1: Oh
0: wow. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So talk us through one. Just let's take Black Panther there for, for example, because you know, it, it hit Highland right in the fields. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was the process like putting that together? Um, you know, what kind of feedback do you get from Marvel Studios about, you know, hey, do we want this and this and this to happen or it just because because I'm well, all three of us are real big making of fans. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some people might say, well, what was it work like, like to work with Chris Evans or, or stuff like that? This is the kind of stuff that we get jonesed on. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, how does, you know, what's the process behind, uh, you know, putting this together Mm -hmm. and all that.
3: Well, I mean, with Black Panther, that was a a special situation because, you know, unlike Iron Man 2 and a couple of the other films, they would send us the the plates or the scenes and we would design, you know, over them and then put their hands back over the, you know, the screens, whatever it may be. With Black Panther, they called us before um, they started shooting it and they supplied us with amazing material. I mean, they had like this production Bible um, that they gave us with everything and anything about you know Wakanda, the the the, the costumes. I mean, it had everything in there, right? Um, but as far as our process goes, when we started that project, you know, they wanted us to figure out, you know, what's what's this world. The world of wakanda how does vibranium fit in it you know how do we tell the story of it you know what can it be used for so with that project we actually did a technology audit so um, i'm going to sidestep a little bit so one of the, you know there's there's two worlds of perception there's a science fiction world where we do all the stuff for the marvel films and other films but most of it is is marvel related um, and then there's the other part which is the we'll call it the science fact world and we actually do it for real technology companies but so we've worked with a ton of automotive companies Microsoft, Samsung, all these different uh, companies that want their stuff to look just as cool as Tony Stark's. That's, let's just, you know, that's kind of the phone, how the first phone call goes with them. So, um, so we do this, we did this technology audit to show the Marvel team, you know, this, these really cool technologies out there that we were, that we're working with or, you know, hearing about through our technology clients that could really be cool to introduce as, you know, or in this world of Vibranium. And that's how that smart sand um, or particles kind of uh, came, came to be. Um, what, what else am I, what am I missing, Jeremy? Cause I know I'm missing a ton. As far as the tech that we worked on. it was, yeah, no, is, uh, I mean, just, uh, just the process, as far as, you know, figuring that, that stuff out. I mean, one of the, one of the tests. Yeah. I and, mean, it was
2: all about getting us involved early on so we can really inform the storytelling before they even started shooting the movie and specifically like what are the rules and scientific quote-unquote scientific properties of vibranium that we can create to create some boundaries and give this Mm -hmm. technology and this advanced civilization more believability it's it's far far advanced from even tony stark but it still should feel grounded in some sort of technological reality. They never mm-hmm. wanted it to feel like magic, and that was a really right. big uh, point that was driven home to us early on. So what Danny's uh, you know getting to is that is we really went deep in figuring out what all those rules and boundaries were for vibranium. How does it behave? How does it bring his suit on? How does it um, you know work with the kamoyo beads? And, you know, this, this element of vibranium is used as we were told early on, they use it in medicine, they use it as transportation, they've weaponized it. Um, They use it uh, for sound, it's got, you know, tremendous sound properties. Um, So what can we pull from the world of sound uh, that might inform its behavior and its technological usage, which is why we did a lot of stuff with sound waves that sort of created this, uh, this levitation of the smart matter. But we also Playing with cymatics, which is where you put sand on a platter and you 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 know make different sounds and music with it, and it creates patterns. And mm-hmm. you can see that throughout mm-hmm. the film, and yeah. in our title sequence in that film, that played a really big role using uh, the track by uh, Kendrick Lamar that was like generating these patterns, you know, at, to the beat. Um, so all that stuff like really um, played together very very nicely. Um, but you know, being involved in at, at such an early uh, pre-production and concept development phase is uh, is a really it's it's a special thing for us because it's almost like we're part of an inner circle, uh, mm-hmm. and we really get to uh, help brainstorm in a way, and and uh, you know have a good a good impact on the story itself uh, before they even start shooting. And then of course after they, they did their their shoot then we got back involved at the end so we did a lot at the beginning and then not so much throughout the months and months of, of shooting and then <laughs> they called us back in when it was time to look at the shots and actually you know put the, the pre-production and concept development uh to work
3: yeah and one of the things and mike this is up your alley uh we found in our research and this is um one of the materials we found during our our research was this uh this uh University in Japan was doing these uh, tests with sound and styrofoam, like very, very small pieces of styrofoam, and yeah, yeah. It Would like do certain sounds and it would like float a certain way, yeah. you know, like just like hover and things like that. And, um, and that was one of the tests we showed them. It was like, you know, we want to do something like this, but, you know, cooler than styrofoam. But that was that was where it was like, OK, so it's not magic like this can actually work. Um, and, and I think that's one of the keys. Well, I would hope that's, you know, that's one of many keys that, uh, or reasons why Marvel comes to us is because, you know, number one, we're passionate about the, the the characters. But number two is that we we help, like I said earlier, tell a little bit more of the story through these I don't want to just call them graphics, but, you know, th- through these elements that we add to the actual characters and helping, you know, explain their character or what their powers a little bit more, their personality a little bit more, you know, like Tony Stark's graphics are so much more different than, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thor's girlfriend or than S.H.I.E.L.D. or than, you know, uh, Black Panthers, you know, every one is very specific.
4: Yeah, you, you brought up S.H.I.E.L.D. for a second. Were y'all responsible <laughs> for Galaga on the... In the first Avengers, <laughs> in the first Avengers? No. okay no
2: but we did uh we did his uh heads up display in winter soldier nick fury's heads up display in okay. the car yeah. Where he's in the yeah uh, the yes. In Tahoe. yes winter soldier's taking him down and he's there's like, a couple of- off the grid that whole yeah. way- windshield stuff is uh was us there's a couple were of you, of you guys legs, uh that we've done that
3: uh, that are out there though
5: were, were you guys uh, on set any cause you guys were and so, cause those scenes were filmed in Cleveland and I'm just south of Cleveland and I'm just mm-hmm. like
2: the, there's been a couple of times we were on set most recently um, our team was in uh, uh, on the set of Black Widow mm-hmm. uh, we did the opening for that the opening titles for that mm-hmm. really cool very proud of that one and they got, to, uh, they got to go on set for it was like a night shoot and uh, mm-hmm. they had to do a lot of uh, uh, b-roll footage of uh, the young girls getting abducted and and some some shots of drake you've seen the opening titles right guys yep Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of that yeah. stuff was given to us, but we also had to go out and and just and just grab any shots we could. We could. Um. So that was really cool that they let us kind of piggyback onto what they were already doing. Um. And then I have I'm, a very vivid memory of of being at Marvel Studios really early back, and they were shooting Thor. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. You're going to say that? <laughs> and we weren't there for Thor. We didn't work on Thor, but we were there. I guess we were there for Iron Man too. Yeah, we were or just for getting some other Thor, meeting. And they were like just on a stage with this incredible, it was uh, uh, Heimdall's, you know, chambers or whatever. And uh, it it looked as good as it does in in the movies in real life. And they had like a scale model of uh, of the destroyer. Yeah, that was freaky. Yeah, <laughs> it was like I don't know. It was not. It was not in. Is like in the corner by the door, and like yeah. when you come out of the it door, was like, right it there, was there, it was like was like the way it was, you know, in the film, just ready to shoot its beam. It's really cool uh, stuff. I'll never forget. Yeah. Meeting John right, Favreau so- was really cool
5: but it so now so you guys so I'm, you guys definitely are like huge marvel fans and and i i it kind of throws me that you guys actually understand that each character relationship with technology is different and so that's going to be manifested differently have you come across a situation where You had one idea of how tech should be, and... I don't know, somebody uh, who somebody, a a producer or director or somebody has another idea in mind uh, for how how they thought that the tech should work or how it should look. Mm
2: -hmm. I think, you know, what it comes down to is making sure that what we're designing is really, um, you know, the term on brand, like Mm -hmm. it's on brand with who that character is. And uh, if it feels right for them and it's really believable as something that they would actually possess and use. Mm-hmm. So I remember when we were designing the, the Stark tech in Iron Man too, there were a lot of conversations of pointing to designs of like what what is Tony and what isn't Tony Stark. And mm-hmm. you know little by little with 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 the team at Marvel and John Favreau and and all the other, you know, visionaries there, you know, we honed in on what made sense for him and what it should look like and how it should behave and You know, for instance, in his uh, in his workshop with Jarvis, there's a lot more uh, creativity in the holograms. It's very painterly. It's very impressionistic and expressionistic. It's like he's almost got a childhood imagination. And that really comes through in a lot of those holograms and the way he sort of is trying things out. There was actually scenes that didn't make the movie that we, we got to see where. Daniel, remember this right where he's like coming up with ideas in holographic form and like, oh, that's not going to work. And he's like crumpling it up. And then he 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 creates a baseball bat in a hologram and like hits it. And then like a stadium forms and it goes out of the stadium. And like, you know, <laughs> you know, just that's nice. That, yeah. I mean, maybe it's on a deleted scene. I don't know. But like, you know, it's really cool that this is who he is. You know, he was like a kid at heart, um, but he's, you know, a tech genius, too. And that's the way his tech would be um so I think you know it's really about figuring out the character the personality and how can the tech support that and be um an extension of that you know we talked about the Nick Fury heads-up display and his windshield you know it has to feel very militaristic and utilitarian you know this guy's all about mission critical yeah. so the graphics really needed to reflect that he's not about holograms and and you know playing games with uh with a baseball bat and a, and a state you know what I mean it's like that's not mm-hmm. him at all he's he's he's, he's got a job to do and he wants to get to it. So Who was you know the, that's really the conversation we have with the Marvel folks is like this wouldn't this doesn't work for him. That's not him. Well that's not her. You know?
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, okay. to button there because I, I thought I thought you were done. Um Don't worries. So out of all the Marvel characters that you have done this sort of tech work for who would you say was the toughest nut to crack to to figure out the you know what are they about
3: Hmm. we gotta ask that question before i mean i guess the the toughest one looking back i i would say it was uh the first movie we worked with them on because we you know they were kind of strangers to us now i feel like there's like this uh you know there's this great collaboration between us and them and again we you know we know the characters but we had to get to know the team at marvel and you know what they like what they don't like like they're the ones who taught us you know all right you guys get crazy with it you know we might we might pull you back in you know like like jeremy mentioned with uh, black panther they didn't want it to feel magical it had to be you know grounded Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, Iron Man Two is probably the hardest one because it was just like this is the first time we're designing it for this character. Um, toughest project of all time, Age of Ultron titles, three D model. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I can't say it because this is a PG channel, but uh, it was really <laughs> tough, man. <laughs> that was uh, that left that left scars, man. I'm still I'm still putting down, I'm putting like a ointment to to cover the scars on that one. <laughs> But uh, I, I was... so now I
5: got to go back and re uh, rewatch the uh, title sequence again, just 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 so n- now that we have a personal connection to it, i have even more appreciation for
4: it. So I'll mm. well, show you, hopefully show you guys how much appreciation I've had in y'all's work, especially after going to y'all's website, uh, which is um, experienceperception.com mm-hmm. um, to see that y'all had done a lot of the, you know, the Stark tech, the HUDs, the you know, different display interfaces, displays. For me, yes, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, you know, I also run a a Star Wars podcast and and just a general all geek podcast. But it's this show that we came up with the persona of the Intrepid Trio, where we're the shield, you know, misfit shield agents, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so to speak.
0: Make it sound so nice.
4: Hey, (laughs) there's got to be some and and wear it. We embrace it. (laughs) I almost embrace it in real life. And I'm like, Anytime any of these movies pop out, it's like, okay, kind of like that hood, kind of like this, where can I find it so I could deck out my phone, my watch? my laptop Mm. in this environment and it it is so hard just to find anything close and and that just gives me a greater appreciation for what you guys do to Mm. to say yeah it's got to be out there somewhere but i'm so glad it's not and i appreciate i appreciate that none of it has
3: gotten out there and and i love that fact hopefully some will be coming soon from all the technology projects we're working on oh so yeah
0: uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, you know, just just looking at all the the tech graphics, for lack of a better word, I, it reminds me a lot of the work of Michael and Denise Okuda back in Star Trek: The Next Generation, where they it, it always seemed seemed to me that they were doing something similar. It's kind of like all of the like all the Klingon, you know like the instrumentation and, the, uh, and the, the tech graphics there, that had a certain flavor. Federation had its own flavor, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And I was kind of curious, uh, when you guys were growing up, you were going through school, who were some of your inspirations in, in, in the field? Was it uh, just primarily graphics illustrators, or uh, was it like uh, in other media as well?
2: Well, I went to uh, a graphic design school, so I, I was very traditional in my in my training. So I, I used to uh, idolize, you know, some very, you know, classic graphic designers, you know, like Paul Rand. But then I, you know, when I discovered um, title sequences, then it was Saul Bass, uh, who, of course, did all the Hitchcock titles um, and some just incredible uh, sequences. And he was, you know, pretty much the pioneer. Uh, for it. So I used to uh, idolize him. But yeah, most of my, uh, my background was just very traditional graphic design, typography, layout, color, things like that. But if we want to talk about television inspiration, here it comes. (laughs) Because you're talking about Star Trek, and this has nothing to do with interfaces, but this is everything to do with the Hulk Mm -hmm. It's the original Incredible Hulk show in the 70s. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, I was Mm -hmm. very young, but it freaked me out. I used to believe that Bill Bixby really transformed into Lou Ferrigno. And that show was created by Kenneth Johnson, who also created Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, V, and Alien Nation. Yeah. and man, the yeah. man is a genius. The man is a legend. And me and Danny went out and interviewed him four or five years ago. It's on our YouTube channel. I encourage everybody to watch it. It's a two-parter. Uh, and this, 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 this genius is—he's uh, just a pioneer of science fiction on television. And everything he talks about with creating believability and character development and story. And this guy had no budget. This guy had no technology. There was no CG. And what mm-hmm. he was able to achieve 40, 50 years ago, in some yeah. cases, with just clever editing and storytelling and you know, a lot of cutaways at the right moment, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah. It worked. Talk about behind the scenes. I mean, when we were talking to him,
3: I'm like, oh, what's this hubcap? He's like, oh, that was a flying saucer in uh, V. <laughs> and he starts He turn the lights on. He starts spinning it on his finger. And I'm like, what? Oh, God. It was phenomenal. I mean, this guy in his house, you know, it's Jeremy and me. We're sitting there just, you know, we're we're interviewing him. But I mean, the whole time we're just having a chat with him because he's had like this wealth of information and like this memorabilia all over the place. Like, you know, dolls of V and Six Million Dollar Man and Steve Austin. And it's like, man, I got to, you know, I'm from Queens. I got Um. sticky fingers. I'm going to be walking out of here with something. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I didn't. But uh, but I wanted to trust me.
2: Jeremy, Do you remember the life. titles for Six Million Dollar Man? Guys- oh yeah. yes, yes. So Danny and I found the guy who did that. He actually passed away about two years ago, maybe yeah. a little less. He's and We interviewed him on our podcast. Yeah, that oh. title it still stands up.
5: Yeah, yeah. Every every couple of months, maybe even more often than that, I go back and rewatch that. Just you know that like when I like five year old me would sit down and. <laughs> The house could be on fire. I was not leaving.
2: Jack Cole.
3: Jack Cole. Man phenomenal. And that's ugh. the type of uh, you know, that's the type of open where if they do ever come out with a remake, which I hope they yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Jim Carrey uh, or Mark Wahlberg or how many times? I yeah, can't. I can't do it. Now we're Marky Mark what? and the Funky Bunch, but, <laughs> but but uh, they should just take that one and just, you know, redo it for, yes. you know, HD and make it look clean. But like whoever does that and it better be us. It should be exactly <laughs> the way it was. Like, like, don't
5: Di- touch it. Dina- Dynamite yeah. Comics uh did. Uh, so so they they did so kevin smith did a series called bionic man and so but then they eventually did like season 6 of 6 million dollar man and kevin smith within like the first issue Basically stretched out that entire sequence, and as sure. I, I as I'm reading it, it's still going on in my in my head. And I I don't care how old that thing is; it could be a hundred years old, and it still is
0: iconic. You and know, and it still holds up because yeah, because it was all practical for the
2: most yeah. part. Yep.
4: Yes. Or the yep. uh, the footage of the of the crash of the with the test pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the,
2: shift, real, the ship It's real. Yeah. It's, it's a real. It's a real. My clip uh, of of a pilot crashing my Bruce dad something i believe i looked it up many years ago
4: my dad mm-hmm. that's what this was the one story my dad always told um and it went with him to his death uh he claims he knew he knew the pilot mm-hmm. that, that was uh, the, that. Pi- the pilot
0: walked away from that yeah. crash he did yeah that was one of nasa's yeah. old lifting body experience experiments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so see yeah. i,
4: I kind of i remember seeing that footage later once the internet came out i'm like dad I don't think Six Million Dollar Man guy
3: is the same
4: thing that I know. There are similar crashes, but I don't think that's the guy.
3: So but. they might have they might have got the rights to it. Who knows? Back then, it was a little bit more uh, free to do stuff than it yeah. is uh, than it is now.
4: True, yeah.
3: true. Uh, like true. our Black Panther uh, title sequence doesn't even have audio on it because Kendrick Lamar never approved it. So it's like for really? YouTube on YouTube for YouTube. Yeah, it's like yeah. really, like come on, man. <laughs> It's okay Uh, for millions of people all over the world to see it, but it's bad for perception to put it on their YouTube channel. (laughs) It's all right, though. Man,
0: so were you guys a big fan of the comics as well? I know you—you you said you were a big fan of the the Incredible Hulk TV show, and that's yes, I was practically glued to the TV every week. Mm-hmm. Was, and yeah, I, huge. for the longest time, I still had the comic book that they put together using you know still shots from the pilot.
2: Mm-hmm. And the paper you're talking about the paperback book with the photos. Yes. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I have that as well. I had Kent Johnson signed it.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You guys yeah. should definitely watch the that. I know exactly the book you're talking about. Um Enjoy. No, but we're both we're both comic fans, comic collectors. Uh, Hulk was definitely my favorite character, but I collected a lot of Silver Surfer Doctor Strange um, Yeah, I, I, and I still have over a couple thousand comics from, uh, from
5: I, uh, my I, I just love how casual you are about that.
3: <laughs> no, I still have a couple thousand comics
1: No, no big <laughs> Whatever, no. No.
3: Well, unlike me my, my, my mother got rid of all my comics She sold everything <laughs> I had, unfortunately She's well, like, get rid of this crap Luckily she didn't get rid of my Hot Wheels That's the one thing I do still have
1: there you
3: go. <laughs> but my inspiration, um I mean well, the comic books I, I read when I was younger was uh Wolverine was my favorite. He's today to this mm-hmm. day he's my favorite character, which which you know that's like one of the movies we didn't get to work on yet is X-Men or you know the the Logan the, the Hugh Jackman uh, movies um, oh, there's I love how you're saying yes Oh well, now that well, now that Marvel Studios know, has the race to it again Yeah we'll, there, see. There's that we'll see I would have oh, loved boy. to have done it with uh, with with Hugh Jackman in it because I think he was uh, he was a great Wolverine but yeah. mm-hmm. um uh another one I used to collect was uh, Alpha Flight which was one of my favorites Oh
1: yeah Yeah yeah
3: still which is, uh, I'm waiting for the movie to come out. If they could do Eternals and all these other ones, I'm you know, why not uh, bust out with some Canadians, right? I think there are a couple of Canadians in there Yeah. Alpha Flight. Sasquatch. I think it'd be cool, yeah.
5: Well you know, you got we we got Deadpool, you know, and so yeah, Deadpool, we got a Canadian representation in the MCU. So, you know, I'm pretty True. sure we can see uh see some Alpha Flight. So uh, hopefully.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask a hard question. And I, and I know most likely what the answer is going to be, but.
5: Oh, no. Oh, no.
4: Are, is perception involved in, I'm not, I'm not going to say Disney Plus shows, but any films for phase four that have not been released yet? It could be a yes or no answer.
3: I th- I think we could give him a little treat. Jeremy's going to be directing the next Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's you, so you never know. You know what? It could happen. <laughs> Listen, he's got it all plotted out. He's got it all planned. He knows exactly what he's going to do. I've seen the I've seen the the uh, script. I've seen how he's going to do it. Yeah, okay, We just got to sell it to. Uh, yeah. To the Marvel team. So, okay, so, so it is. You know, World War so Hulk many War
0: good Hulk. Hulk stories that it, that yeah. have informed the MCU Hulk that Are
2: mm-hmm. you guys excited for. She Hulk. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. very interested in
3: seeing how that come how that comes out. Well, every every time we talk about Hulk, Jeremy will get a little bit of emotional. I mean, I remember he, like when when he said he was crying, you know, when he sees the titles, and he says he gets very emotional. The the one time I saw him cry, and I had to like pick him up and drag him out of the theater, was actually Ang Lee's Hulk, if I remember correctly. <laughs>
5: well, I, I so think sad. your reaction it, to Ang Lee's Hulk was like my reaction
3: Troy. to a daredevil. <laughs> Yeah. The, oh, man. the, the, the yeah,
5: Daredevil totally. movie. Oh,
3: the movie. Yeah, that oh, was actually one of my favorite. I used to collect that comic a lot. But Daredevil was a good
5: one. Oh yeah. Yeah. The TV series I absolutely love, but that movie I it,
1: uh, too.
3: Yeah. The,
5: the mm. movie great oh,
3: casting. Of course.
4: To me, Daredevil the movie was sort of like DC's Green Lantern, great casting, just a failure on the script.
3: Uh, I don't know about Ben, man yeah i, I love see. him in a lot of other stuff like i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to this uh tender bar movie mm-hmm. that's coming out right yeah and, and these other ones where he's like the coach and like he's you know he's he's a he's an alcoholic and stuff like that but batman and daredevil i'm just i can't i can't uh,
0: i like uh, I, I, I liked him as matt Murdock, as daredevil not so much yeah, hmm. I could see
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll say that. Yeah. So my, I, did, I did. My, like, my um, feeling
2: is that, is that these characters need to be played by unknowns. And that's why Hugh Jackman was so iconic in Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Because Before Wolverine, I, who, who knew who, who the hell yeah. Hugh Jackman was? I, I think
4: that's why Charlie like, Cox exactly fit and So he,
2: well. like he he is forever Wolverine, and he's I think he's proud of that. He mm-hmm. really set his career up for you know superstardom. Same thing with uh, you know Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I mean, You know he's yeah. like soap operas or Dancing with the Stars in Australia, but like <laughs> who the hell knew who this guy was? And he's forever Thor. Yeah. Uh, I think a you great know, Robert Downey Jr. kind of like uh, breaks that rule because he had so, you know such a long career already. <laughs> but ideally, you get an incredible actor who just perfect for the role, and he doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a name brand like a Ben Affleck. I can't look at Ben Affleck; as not Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck right. playing Daredevil, Ben Affleck playing Batman, Ben Affleck doing whatever, yeah. and I can't get away from that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, Robert I think-
0: Downey, I know that you could use you know, him as a true thing, a true exception to the rule because. Yeah, he did have a career, but oh, yeah. that career was kind of in the toilet when he right. got. Right, it's true. There was a part one so, of his
2: career, and was so so, the,
0: so it was pretty much a reboot. You know, they, right. they mm-hmm. rebooted. Jay and- well,
4: and, and when you look at the MCU and you go through, okay, here's Tony Stark. Here's the backstory. Now he, He's a drunk. He's an alcoholic. He, he's cocky. He's all of this. I, I didn't, I'm i curious to know truly how long was the casting list for that before they r- realized, you know, this is Robert Downey Jr.
0: He,
3: he even know, though they it's, it's not from over. the... I was on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried out for Robin. <laughs> I did. They had an open call in New York City. I tried oh, out. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I was working at RGA. I, I don't know if I knew Jeremy at the time or not. I think I did. Actually, we probably knew we probably knew each other at the time. And it was uh Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, he yeah did we spot. saw.
2: Well, we saw in LA. What we saw we actually. We saw him at a Benihana yeah.
3: in Santa yeah. Monica, and I was like, I told Jeremy, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna beat him up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see what Robin does at Benihana, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean uh, he he was he was all right. He's all right. He's on one of my favorite uh, shows with LL Cool J, so I got. Oh to- yeah, oh yeah, L um, NCIS LA. Oh
5: my yeah. gosh,
4: yeah. One one of the best sound drops, one of the non Marvel sound drops we have used on this show came from NCIS Los Angeles, and it was when DiNozo mm-hmm. showed up and goes, "Oh, so this is the secret layer of the West Coast Avengers."
5: <laughs> Which that I I have to respect that that was a deep that was a deep dive because that was a great dive. Yeah, you know, I mean you had to be a comic reader to know about the West Coast Avengers, but we all know Dinozzo's a big geek anyway, so it yeah. <laughs> just hides it.
4: So. Of all the pro- Marvel projects y'all have done so far, um, I'm not gonna say favorite. I'll ask for top three from each of you. It's been your top three favorite moments that you've been a part of. Hmm. Specific Wait, go
3: first specific moments. Specific. Wow. All right. So top, so you can't uh, just say oh just I'm the title say, sequences. This isn't in one two three order. I'll just give you the three as I come to my head because I'm um, I'm getting older. So things sometimes come in and they go right out very quickly. So. <laughs> First, uh, first moments, probably uh, Iron Man 2. when We go in to meet Marvel team and John Favreau's in there and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the guy from Swingers. <laughs> and I'm working with him and he goes to shake my hand and like we're shaking hands like nice to meet you. And then we get right into like talking about these scenes and stuff like that. Uh, second one, I'd have to say it's probably Black Panther, uh, because of being involved in the beginning and having, um, you know, somewhat of an influence on how the movie or how, you know, how like Wakanda's technology, uh, is being represented and, you know, again, adding to the character, which is a phenomenal character. Um, and then the third one is probably for my 40th birthday, my buddy Jeremy over here got me a workout. He won in a raffle. Charity Buzz. It was Charity Buzz raffle. He got me a workout with Hugh Jackman, who was training for the Wolverine.
1: Oh! oh.
3: And I worked out with Hugh Jackman for an. Well, it was over an hour actually, because uh, they said I only had an hour, but we we were having such a good workout that I think it <laughs> went to ninety minutes. And that was probably the highlight of. Uh, oh wow! Your life. One of my yeah. Now there's <laughs> been there's been a couple that, that I mean. Uh, on the technology side, that's a whole different story. But on the Marvel side, that's that's probably yeah, those three are probably the biggest ones.
5: That's a heck of a friend.
2: <laughs> that's a great story though. You gotta give him a little more than that. All right. Um, so so he <laughs> so
3: we have a gets, podcast episode about it. There is a podcast, it'll tell you the whole thing. Um, but uh I'm not sure it's uh it might is it PG? Might be a little R-rated yeah. in there. I can't remember. But anyway. Um, we, we, like I said, Jeremy won this, uh, this, this, uh, auction or raffle and, uh, they, I get a call from Hugh Jackman's assistant, like, Hey, meet me at the corner of such and such. I get there. He's like, walk with me. It was like this whole thing. Like they wanted to make sure I wasn't followed and stuff. I had to send him my light driver's license, like make sure I wasn't like some, I don't know, crazy stalker or something. Then all of a sudden we go to this uh, gym it was odd because it was like at the bottom of a hotel like the, 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 the gym in this hotel, I thought we were going to be at like a, a gym, you know, like a regular gym, like a powerhouse mm-hmm. or gold's gym or something. And, uh, the, the assistant says, you know, uh, you know, just stay in here and Mr. Jackman will be in a minute. So you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, what do I do? So at the time, you know, I'm older now, but at the time I was 40, right? Because it's my 40th birthday. And Jeremy and I used to drink a lot of lot of magic potions. We'll call them pre-workouts in the morning before <laughs> starting the day of perception because uh because we had a lot of work to get done and we needed all the caffeine we could we could muster. So um so I was on some pretty heavy duty stuff uh for this workout. I I I I don't know, I, I must have had at least like two thousand milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I'm sitting I'm like waiting I'm like I'm just gonna stop like running on the treadmill so I starts running and stuff and then all of a sudden I hear hey are you Danny I turn around and there he is it's Hugh Jackman and I'm like hey how's it going blah 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 we start talking and he's like walking next to me and then I'm like oh I didn't want to do the treadmill I wanted to like work out like this is a waste of time I'm just warming up for you to get here he goes oh my trainer's gonna come and then uh and I was just like trainer I'm like you know this guy training you to be Wolverine he's like oh yeah kind of you know anyway to make a long story short by the time like half hour. I went through, the trainer was pretty much out of there, and me and Jackman were like screaming at each other. My head was like exploding from the caffeine. <laughs> my hair, my hair, I used to have longer hair, so my hair actually like started to lift on the sides and then dip in the middle like the Wolverine. <laughs> it's a little spiky now, you can't tell, but it was like two in one. It was crazy. oh my and, gosh. like, you know, and like he's yelling at me, like lift more, and I'm yelling at him. I'm like, come on, Wolverine. I'm not like, let's go, Logan. I start screaming like crazy (laughs) Um, and it was nuts and then actually crazy enough he invited me over to his apartment and I had a protein shake and eggs and I was just like hanging out with him for like an hour
0: wow so cool cool. now see this is the
2: example of the
0: good things that happen when you are so hyped up on caffeine you can't think
2: straight that's right oh yeah it was
3: see it And that That moment sounds just as cool. I might say Danny
2: Danny sent him a bucket of caffeine. Yeah, well, he
3: (laughs) asked me. He's like, "Hey, what do you want?" Because you are like nonstop. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to send it to you. And I sent them that. And my playlist, I bought one of those little shuffle uh, iPods, Remember the little square yeah. ones. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I had my playlist there because he loved my music. And 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 this is – here's a little bit of a throwback. So the very, very first project that Jeremy and I got to work on for Marvel was a DVD called Hulk Versus, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. And one of them yes. – right? one was Hulk versus Wolverine. And he's yes. the Hulk and I'm yes. Wolverine, right? So at the beginning, it says, I'm Wolverine. And I don't take – you know, he just says this thing. So I used to have that on my playlist. It would start with that and it would go right into like. What I do
2: isn't very nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. And
3: I would, it would go right into like LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, Rolling Stone. Like I had a playlist. It was like out of control. Um. So I, I copied my playlist to it and I gave it to him. And then he uh, he sent me a nice note. Um, and it was great. It was phenomenal. I almost ate his dog for breakfast. I was so uh, on fire. I had this this little white dog like a chihuahua walking around or something. I don't know. I'm not good with dogs, but man, I was starving. I
4: I, I think that moment, the closest we come to that is when we interviewed uh, the majority of the cast of the 1994 Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: And, and that was, was such a crazy a gr- interview. We
4: were, we were told it was going to be, you know, we weren't, they didn't know how much time we were going to have. And that turned into a longer interview than, than expected. And hmm. it was such great moments.
2: Yeah. How'd you find them?
4: Um, I had actually interviewed, uh, Joseph Culp on We be Geeks and had pitched the idea to him about getting the cast as much of the cast together for for here and he also got us uh ollie sasson who was the director who happened to be in new orleans and um the Faca was running through it (laughs) it it, well and it opened up the doors quite a bit with him and it was great yeah
0: he was actually upstairs at a bar. Yeah. He he was, he was the, he was at a bar. He was at the upstairs area over the bar. So you could hear the stuff going on, but it wasn't like he was standing right by the bartender to do this interview. And, uh, no, but the bartender
4: wasn't that far away.
0: No. Wasn't he part of a jazz band that was playing later that night? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: So So Jeremy top, yes. Top three moments.
2: You know, it's hard because they, all every single uh, film we work on has has something really special about it. I guess for me it would be like the first. So the first uh, the first film that we ever worked on, Iron Man Two, and getting that initial call with uh, you know and a uh, an NDA like sign this NDA. The movie was codenamed Rasputin. If you guys know mm-hmm. that you know those code names no. for uh, for all yeah. the films. And, like, I, that's burning my head, like, a page of the script and, you know, the Stark Expo and getting that, like, in my hands just felt like – uh you know, we just discovered uh, buried treasure. Um, I would also say that you know, the first time I met Kevin Feige, you know, both in person, uh, just speaking to him, and then subsequently having like other conversations. We've been to his you know office once or twice, which is everything you'd imagine it to be. You know, just all the, the memorabilia and the props, and what, and just having a relationship with him, and then ultimately having him on our podcast. So oh, that to me has been like an amazing. He's um, he's, nice. one,
4: he's one of our holy grails to have on the show
2: it's it, i'm very intimidated. uh you know i think he's a super genius and a visionary and you know you know just, but super gracious and you know very generous with his time and uh was always um, uh approachable and willing to talk to me and and that's definitely a highlight and then i guess the first title sequence i mentioned earlier you know i know it pains danny uh <laughs> to this day and he still got some more wounds from it but that literally was like a you know, a lifetime in the making for me just to get to a a point in time where we as perception got to do a, a, you know, blockbuster title sequence. And it was the sequel to the Avengers of, uh, of all things. Um, and I remember, you know, me and Danny went out and pitched the ideas that the team came up with. And, uh, I actually, you know, we, we alternated the ideas that we'd pitch out of like five or six. So I think that I actually pitched the idea that one wasn't one that I created, but it was the idea that killed Danny (laughs) for like the six months or four months. Like, why did you have to pitch this idea? You know, you just put me in a pine box with this thing. Um, But we went to, I remember we went to lunch afterwards at the Cheesecake Factory and he got the call, like, come back. They want you to see the movie. And we're like, boy, that's got to be a good sign because we were pitching against other companies, and we hadn't seen the film. I don't think we even had a brief for that one. I mean, it was like yeah. just show us ideas, um, and we went back that night. We had to change our flight and got the screen the early cut of uh, the Ultron. So that whole experience was, uh, was definitely one of the highlights for me. I brought my cheesecake with somebody. me, though.
3: <laughs> you did. that, I didn't that's that's leave that. <laughs> It's like fan- I was eating my, my my chicken and bow tie pasta, and then we we got the call. Mike oh, this cheesecake's going. It's going with me. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Age of Ultron with cheesecake. That sounds like the sequel
4: to fanboys, and it's Marvel fanboys. There you go. <laughs> um,
3: what
4: what does the future of perception hold?
3: Um, currently, some more uh, Marvel films. Hopefully, in the future, even more Marvel films um probably some other films as well non-marvel uh but related this this, that's all i'm going to tell you
4: (laughs) oh from the distinguished competition
3: (laughs) Nah, nah, no just related like let's just say some directors moved on to some other things and they like us so they called us and oh yeah um (laughs) spinoffs yeah yeah, no it's great it's great um you know a bunch of technology projects We're, we're, we're doing a ton of work in the automotive industry you know i don't know if you guys know of the uh The electric Hummer, the Hummer EV, that was announced by GM. So -hmm. we designed the whole digital cluster. very cool, cool. Mm -hmm. and it's very Tony Starky. You get Mm -hmm. you gonna throw any Marvel Easter eggs into it? Um, no, Uh, can't do mm -hmm. that with the with the car stuff. It's hard. It's hard. I give uh-huh. you a couple of little tidbits, though, from 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 projects that we've worked on. At well, like, for one, Jeremy probably knows the story, but like at RGA, <clears throat> when they did the poster for Aliens, remember how it was like the egg? Yep. Yeah. And then there was like that surface. Yeah. That surface happens to be a brownie from the from, from the bakery next door. <laughs> <From where RGA>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look look That's at it awesome. closely. Look up the look yes. up the picture and look at it. It's a brownie. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah.
5: Hold
3: on. Yeah. Um. What else?
2: The um. The Zola, the Zola sequence yeah, I was gonna say, the Zola in uh, Winter Soldier. You guys remember the scene yeah. when they go into uh, Camp Lehigh yes. and they're in the bunker and they boot yep. up Zola, and then he, mm-hmm. he kind of shows them like the the history of uh, of uh, Hydra and all these news clippings. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that little yep. montage? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a there's a shot of uh, it, on a newspaper shot of like all these like Nazi scientists in lab coats, and it's all the Perception team members' faces. Like kind of uh, photoshopped in with like moustaches and like glasses and and all kinds of stuff like that. That was very correct. When I
0: saw that, I was thinking it was like some of the actual Nazi scientists, like Werner von Braun and his team, that uh, that actually did come over to work on the on the uh, NASA programs. So
3: yeah, uh, okay, Uh, (laughs) that's even better. Yeah, we couldn't get permission for that, so we used our faces. Yeah, Um, I
0: did have a question about that though. Uh, about what? What were some of the unique challenges in bringing Zola back? Because I always thought, I, I kept looking for the since the first time I saw Captain America: The First Avenger, and we saw Zola as a human, and we and and we knew that the some of the papers he was stuffing into his briefcase when he was making his getaway were basically concept sketches for the comic version. Mm-hmm face in the chest and so yeah. since the, i've been looking and there's some,
2: also a shot in that film where he's like got a magnifying lens in front of his face yes. and it's very distorted mm-hmm. yes which is definitely deliberate mm-hmm. so
0: I, I was just i was curious about some of the challenges that went into basically i guess trying to motion capture toby jones and trying to get that look down
2: have you guys seen the case study we have on our on our site of of Zola? Because we did literally a hundred versions of what he could look like, maybe more. Yeah, there was a ton it, of designs. There's like every possible rendition of how to take a face and make it look computer generated without making it look like Max Headroom.
0: Would you believe me if I told you that I had that page up, but I had not oh, yeah. that art yet?
2: Yeah, scroll down because there, there's a ton of them um and each one had their own unique uh things about it that we got to discuss with the Marvel team um but at the end of the day they wanted this thing to feel really really uh low tech mm-hmm. and feel like it would in a, a, a prehistoric computer which is really just you know scan lines yeah. right? so as you see we had some really sophisticated looking stuff um which looked cool but again wasn't true to the story going mm-hmm. back to some of the things we were talking about earlier yeah. in the conversation, you know, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like it belonged in this right. era, in this computer, in this bunker. So what we came up with is pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty rough on purpose. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I loved how it had the old, uh, it, it felt like an old DOS slash ASCII-esque yeah. S- vibe and to just it. to give you
2: guys a sense of how like precise Marvel is when it comes to um, making something authentic. In Iron Man 2, um, Mickey Rourke's in a cave with television from like the 80s, right? right? Yes. Like a really old CRT. So we had a we had a color correct to make things feel like it would on an old television. Wow! Wow! Like like make it just just right. And then if you go to the courtroom scene where uh, Sam Rockwell Hammer Industries is showing a PowerPoint presentation, yeah, you guys remember that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going through yes. like the different uh, drones he's he's doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a really cheesy PowerPoint with really bad graphics and really bad colors and type. We designed that to be bad. That was like, hard. <laughs> you, you, you know, like we we would never. Want Want to design something that looked that bad? Except that's what the character would design. So it's really right. how they put yourself in the mind of that character. And this is the best they would do at a PowerPoint. You know, hideous colors and really, you know, just very clunky fonts, mm-hmm. uh, a cheesy map, with the globe, stuff like that. So it, that is it's really got to fit the scene, yeah. fit the character, fit what their tech is, how they might, you know, mock it up, Speak- and all that and stuff really plays in.
3: Good. No, speaking of fitting the character, the, the hardest thing that that I ever did. On on, uh Captain America was tracking Chris Evans' head on my scrawny body, you know, before he gets into the machine and gets, and becomes, uh gets a super serum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had to track my my, my scrawny little arms and scrawny little legs. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> I'm just joking. So- it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> just in case, just in case you were wondering. <laughs>
0: So, kind of on that, on the subject of Zola still, uh, in you know, because of course, the, y'all's version of Zola shows up in What If as a copy, just uh, you know, not as perception, but just as you know, Danny and Jeremy Marvel fans, do you think that there could be more copies of Zola out there? I don't know. I, 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 I,
3: can't, I, I can't talk about it. I, I sense there's an
4: NDA there that ties into future films.
3: They may or may not be. Well, not I would sure. well, I have to leave it at that. Um, but no, the, the reason
0: that I was on that page is because I remember watching this in the Winter Soldier as Fury's SUV starts going through the diagnostics. And there was like one bling and you miss it kind of reference to the flight system.
2: Mm-hmm. And of yep, course, yep, when that, the tires rotate. Yeah, yeah,
0: because that was a, it was a wonderful little. I thought it was a wonderful little homage to Nick Fury's flying Ferrari back in mm-hmm. the comics. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering whose idea was that? Was that y'all's? Was that Marvel's? Just because it, it, what the moment I saw that, I was like, I want to see a freaking SUV fly now. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and now, and yeah. that's what the audience expected at that moment. Propulsion yeah. systems are coming online. Um that's all part of the script. You know, that was that was sure. given to us and we just had to create the visuals to go along with it.
0: Yeah. I mean we kind of saw it with Lola, but not yeah. I, I wanted Nick's SUV to fly, Dad it. Yeah, me yeah, too. Cool. Right, this Lola. <laughs> I got the Lego version, dude. You're not impressing
4: me. <laughs> oh well,
5: okay. All
4: right. <laughs> final questions, guys. Sure. Kylan Eric, you have any final questions? Uh
5: Okay, typical one. Uh, if you could, if you had your pick of any Marvel character, property, what have you, to work on, what would you pick?
4: We know the Jeremy's Hulk. Hulk. Wolverine. Hey, maybe we could have Hulk versus Wolverine. By there the you go. Oh, yeah, I'll get engaged,
3: Jeremy, anytime. <laughs>
4: Uh, I have done this with the other shows. I don't think I've ever done it here. I want to give Jeremy and Danny a chance to flip the tables and ask us a quick question before we end the show.
2: Okay. What's, uh, what are your favorite MCU movies or shows to be either one?
4: That's easy for me. Um, my my top two is uh, Captain America: First Avenger and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. in that order.
3: Mm-hmm. I think we stumped them. Uh,
0: no, no, it, it's 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 kind of like if you've got kids and somebody asks which one's your favorite.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love the first Captain America. It grows on you with repeated viewings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um the first time I saw it, it was like, all right, it wasn't as exciting as I was hoping, but it definitely it got better over time. And it's interesting that you picked that as your favorite. I I love, I love all the films. Yeah.
4: um, But I have always been, these guys will tell you, I have always been consistent. Those two are are my top two. Um, Mm -hmm. Number three depends on, on the day. Uh, but first Avenger. I love the fact that it's a period piece yep. and I, and I loved the whole for, for an origin story that was almost a perfect origin story for a char- for, or a Marvel character. I, I liked it better than for origin than I did. Um, Iron man. That's family. too.
2: She was great. Yeah. 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 Well, we got That's, to meet actually. He came to visit us. Uh, yeah. He came to the office many years ago.
3: Oh, nice. So did Paul Rudd. Oh, very cool. Did, did, did you
0: get your picture made with him? Because apparently, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of sensitive about that.
3: Really, sir <laughs> uh, Rudd? I didn't get yeah. a picture with. Uh, no, I'm just with Paul I'm, Rudd, I'm no. holding in game. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, I got a picture with Stanley Tucci, but not Paul. Yeah, out. we have that. So, Kyle, uh, Eric.
5: Okay, so my favorite Marvel movie is Captain America: Winter Soldier. Now, when it comes to TV series, honestly, that that's probably a little bit harder for me. And only because I'm so fresh from it, I would say my favorite right now would be um, uh, Winter, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, my, tops, my top movie, MCU movie, rotates quite frequently just because I cannot make up my mind. I mean, yeah, I love her, uh, First Avenger. Uh, basically love all the Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. I would say if, if if any of them are on my great, you know, and I just flipping channels, the one where I will stop and completely watch through is probably Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Just, just because I, I, Hulk keeps evolving. Yeah. Yes. And this, and, and I like this Thor. I was so excited to see Professor Hulk in, Endgame, mm-hmm. except I was kind of disappointed about how it came about, but that's a short subject for me. Yeah. I mean, the Peter David run, <laughs> run on on Hulk
3: was just... That's ex- not Jeremy's next script ex- for the Hulk. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and neither is Hulk in a hot tub. I ain't in it.
4: Yeah. But, uh, no, no Hulk it, hot tub it, mas- time machine? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. No. Nope. In terms of uh, the TV series, as much as I love What If, I think the whole concept of WandaVision kind of nudges that out for me. Just Just because it's not a whammo blammo kind of superhero series it's more about grief and loss and how you deal with that mm-hmm. which i mean that's an, you get so many powerful movies done just on that subject with normal people. Now you throw uber, super powerful people in the mix. And I just think it was a really interesting, a gutsy move on Marvel's part to do that.
4: Well, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the time. I want to say thank you to Danny and Jeremy for joining us and giving us a little perception into perception.
2: Thank you. It's our pleasure. And, no uh, <laughs> I I
4: will one day find those HUDs so I can do the wallpapers for for my devices. now that's my new goal is one deck out. And y'all are inspired, inspired me to find it. So um, either that or I can ask how much would it charge to get a wallpaper type package? Ah! (laughs) I would, hey, to get it directly from the source, I would pay. (laughs) I know I can't because they're not going to sell, but I would pay. (laughs) Um, But on that note, thank you, guys. Uh, Great conversation. Loved every minute of it. And uh, it's just at this point in time, it's time for us to go dark. Yes, Eric.
0: Well, I do. I I don't want to get out of here without letting you guys give a plug to like your YouTube channel and your podcast. (laughs) Because, sure. you know, just just from what we've said and OK, I want to know what these pi- what what these links are so I can go listen to them.
4: Mm-hmm. That was, so that's my mistake. i had been a crazy day at work.
3: You can get to the podcast right from our website mm-hmm. and also the YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, it's all on the it's the all on the- of our page. But our YouTube yeah. channel is Perception NYC. Our Twitter mm-hmm. is EXP underscore Perception. Instagram and Facebook is Experience Perception. And uh, did I say the podcast? Perception. It's just the Perception Podcast, which you can just find it out, you know, wherever you normally find your podcasts.
4: And like I said, check out the website and see all the, the goodness of perception at experienceperception.com. Now, on that note,